Hi guys, welcome to the Classified Live. Oh, we got a lot to talk about today. We've got so much to go over. Most notable, wow, a lot of guys logging in. Guys, people, men and women, how dare I assume your gender? Terrible of me. Terrible of me to do that. All right, we've got a lot to talk about today. Most notably, why the special counsel, Robert Mueller, does not need an interview with President Donald Trump. Hmm. Any takers, anybody want to guess why Mueller doesn't need an interview with the president? Want to guess? Want to guess? John Zeeland, good morning, my friend. I know, law of one, my pronouns. I shouldn't have said him. I should say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Here's why Mueller does not need an interview with President Trump. We learned through leaks. Don't know who leaked it. Don't know if it was the White House trying to get in front of this thing. Don't know if it was Mueller's team. Don't know if it was Don McGahn, the White House counsel. But it really doesn't matter because it bodes well for the president. Outer Burroughs, uh, or Burroughs Knoll says, because he has everything he needs from other sources. Exactly. But I'm going to go even deeper as to why he specifically doesn't need an interview with President Trump. Don McGahn, the White House counsel we now know, sat with Mueller and his investigators for over 30 hours. All right? Now, a lot of people are saying, well, a lot of morons who don't know how this works are saying, oh, the president's cooked. He's done. He's tanked. McGahn was in there. He flipped 30 hours. 30 hours is nothing for a debrief. Don McGahn is the White House counsel. <clears throat> in the White House, there's a crisis a second. It's not a crisis an hour, a crisis a minute. There are hundreds of staffers all doing different things every second. For the, so for the White House counsel, who's the, the chief attorney in the White House, clearly, obviously, the guy who's tasked with making sure that every one of those decisions is legal, is in compliance with U.S. federal law. He knows a lot. So 30 hours is really nothing for the special counsel to come in and get a full debrief from the White House counsel. But here's why it's even more important. Here's why it's even more important. The White House counsel is not Donald Trump's attorney. He's not the president's attorney. His job, his mission is to make sure that the White House as an entity, as a governmental operating entity, operates legally and in a manner compliant with the United States Code and the Constitution. So if the president acts in a manner that's illegal, it's the White House counsel's job to advise the president not to do it and either to then resign or blow the whistle if the president chooses to act illegally. And Don McGahn across the board, the White House counsel, is considered a guy of utmost integrity. He's not a Trump guy. He was a, he was a Bush guy. He was actually an establishment Republican guy for a long time. But Don McGahn is still there. He's integrally involved in selecting Supreme Court justices. He works very closely with the president on, on the appointments of Gorsuch, worked on the appointments of Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. And so the, uh, the White House counsel has seen no reason to leave the White House because he's seen nothing illegal. That's not my opinion. Those are his words because what we now know from the leaks and people in D.C. and the White House tell me these are pretty accurate, that the White House counsel repeatedly told the special counsel's office that, yeah, the president rants and raves and he huffs and puffs and it's an emotional place and a lot's going on and that's common. but. He has never, he being the president, has never exceeded his legal authority. <clears throat> and that's it.
The White House counsel's testimony is far more valuable than the president's. The White House counsel's job is very simple and also very, very difficult and complex. But in its simplest terms, the president is presented with four options on how to do something, whether it be a farm subsidy bill in Iowa or it be a drone strike in Afghanistan. And the president's presented with some options. The White House counsel's job is to essentially say, Mr. President, of those four options, you could disregard option B, that's illegal. That one doesn't comport with the United States Code, the Constitution, the Geneva Convention. So that one is off the table. That one's off the table. Of the other three, they all appear to be legal and constitutional. So give us your wish list and we're going to vet them a little deeper and make sure it's all ironclad, that they're all legal and constitutional. That's essentially the White House counsel's job, right? And so for the White House counsel to go in and speak to Mueller, he has no allegiance except to the truth except to the law. And so 30 hours with the White House counsel repeatedly telling Mueller's investigators, the president never made any of these decisions without me present. I was always there for the big decisions. I was there for the firing of Comey. I was there for conversations about Jeff Sessions. I was there for conversations about General Michael Flynn. I was there when Attorney General Sessions was in the room. And the president might've been angry president might have been emotional, but the president never exceeded his legal authority. That's it. It's over. Even Andy McCarthy in National Review wrote a piece. Andy McCarthy has been critical of the president when necessary, but Andy McCarthy came right out and said it. There is no reason, no reason whatsoever. Robert Mueller, his, his, his article is entitled, Robert Mueller shouldn't even ask Trump for an interview. And he says that argument is bolstered by this weekend's New York Times report that with the president's consent is what I was getting to. But I wanted to read Andy's piece. Don McGahn didn't go in on his own. The president told him to go speak to Mueller. The president waived all executive privilege. The president waived all attorney client privilege. President said to McGahn, Don, I've got nothing to hide. Go speak to Mueller and his team. Tell him everything. Tell him everything. Andy McCarthy, one of the smartest attorneys out there on this, wrote, that argument is bolstered by this weekend's New York Times report that with the president's consent, Mueller's team has conducted 30 hours of interviews with White House counsel Don McGahn II, having secured testimony from the president's top lawyer. The special counsel is in no position to claim that he needs the president's own testimony. The president's consent to make McGahn available to prosecutors is extraordinary as it involves, as I just noted, waiving both executive and attorney-client privilege. And he says to the latter, attorney-client privilege, there's really no waiver because McGahn represents the presidency, not the president. But still, but still, McGahn sees his role as protector of the presidency. All right, now, The New York Times pushes the line claiming McGahn viewed his role as protector of the presidency, not a Mr. Trump, McCarthy writes. McCarthy says that's nonsense, though, because the president is really the client, the office of the president. The office of the president. Now, we can go through the legal intricacies of this all day long. We don't need to, though. The, the, The meaning of it all, the explanation is really, really clear. There is no reason for Mueller to continue when the White House counsel, who really answers to the Constitution of the American people, 
He represents the president. He represents the presidency. He represents the White House, but he really answers to the American people <clears throat> and to the Constitution. When he's telling a special counsel, no, no laws are broken, that's it. It's time for Mueller to do the right thing. The right thing now. Of course, all the naysayers, <clears throat> and we're going to get into the Manafort trial in a second because it's the same line of uh, nonsense. All the naysayers are saying, well, Donald Trump only made McGahn available because he wanted to get in front of this and appear transparent, but he's really a criminal and he really is has done illegal things and he told McGahn what to say and McGahn went in there and said it's all nonsense. It's all nonsense. It's stupid and it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, you know, I'm, what I'm going to do, guys, is if you want to put up dumb trolley comments, we have a new rule that I'm imposing right now. Dumb trolley comments are comments meant to disrupt. I'm just banning you from the chat. You can watch the show, but I'm going to ban you from the chat. We don't feed trolls here. Never have, never will. So anyway, you've got, so, so Mueller now has no legal, ethical, or moral authority. No legal, ethical, or moral authority to ask Trump for anything. The White House counsel has spoken. The president is under no obligation. The president is not suspected of a crime, not charged with a crime. Collusion isn't a crime in the U.S. code. Never happened. I don't believe anybody colluded with Russia, but even if so, it's not a crime in the U.S. code. Not a crime in the U.S. code. Mueller is now investigating nothing. Mueller shouldn't even be prosecuting Manafort. I'm not saying Manafort shouldn't have been prosecuting if there was evidence to support the charges, but it shouldn't have been by Mueller. It should not have been by Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller's job was to look into conspiracy, collusion with Russia. So why isn't he looking into it where we know it exists? Hillary Clinton paying Fusion GPS, hiding the money through her law firm, Perkins Coie, so it didn't have to be disclosed with the Federal Election Commission, Fusion GPS paying Christopher Steele who then went and colluded with Russians to get damning information on Donald Trump that the FBI then lied about alongside the DOJ to secure a FISA warrant on Carter Page to spy on the Trump campaign. We've got a clear trail of collusion that Robert Mueller won't follow. So Mueller is not an ethical, honest actor because he's not investigating the true Russia collusion. And Cobra Commander says about Robert Mueller, Millions of taxpayer dollars wasted on a fake investigation to enrich a has-been uranium one deal maker. Well, I don't know about enriching Mueller. Mueller could have made a lot more outside on the private sector, but yeah, we're up to about $25 million now and oh, a year and change wasted on this nonsense, on this nonsense. And so now with McGahn's testimony, Mueller needs to shut it all down. You want to go prosecute Russians that'll never see the inside of a courtroom? Have at it, but no more taxpayer money hand those cases off to the respective United States attorneys, whether they be in D.C. or New York or Virginia, wherever. Hand it off. Hand it off. And be done with this nonsense. Because the president's right. It's a rigged witch hunt. The president's also right. Robert Mueller, Newt Gingrich wrote a good piece on this as well yesterday. I'm just not going to take the time to dig it up. Where Gingrich essentially says Mueller hurt himself. Mueller could have appointed people to his team who donated to both Trump and Hillary. Mueller could have appointed people to his team who voted for both Trump and Hillary, who exhibited bias for both Trump and Hillary. But he didn't. 
but he didn't. Robert Mueller limited, he limited his biases to only be for Hillary Clinton. Robert Mueller made sure that the people on his team were only biased toward a Democrat. That reeks, all right? That is filthy. Nothing good about that. Nothing good about that. Mueller has been biased from day one. In my opinion, Mueller's mandate has always been take down the sitting president. Take him out. You're the insurance policy, Bob. Take him out. And that's why guys like John Brennan are hysterical over their security clearances. Oh, give me a break. Brennan's not going to sue anybody because it's well within the authority of the president to pull a security clearance. Regular rank and file people with security clearances don't get them for life. So now with the Don McGahn testimony, it puts Mueller in a quandary. Now, do I think that Mueller's investigation is going to wrap up like Rudy Giuliani wants by September 1st? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But the wind is out of Mueller's sails. His credibility is shot. I mean, shot. And rightfully so. Mueller's credibility should have been shot. Mueller's credibility was was destroyed really upon hiring Peter Strzok. Now, I don't believe for a second that Mueller didn't know Strzok's bias. I don't believe that for a New York minute. All right? I believe that Mueller got rid of Strzok when Strzok got caught. I don't believe that Mueller got rid of Strzok when, uh, what were you, because that man of integrity, when he found out was Strzok. not. I think he went to the people that he knew were going to be loyal to him, that he knew were going to be never Trump, that he knew were going to hate this president. And he, and he sought them out. And he used the ones and hired the ones that he knew would be most biased. And it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous for Peter Strzok to have said, well, my bias never played a role in this. And give me a break. Give me a break. Of course it did. Give me a break. And so now you've got this uh, Manafort trial, right? Now, look, I don't know if Manafort did what he did. Thousands and thousands of of pages and uh, 20 some odd witnesses, 14 days of testimony, juries in day four, 14 or 15, whatever it was. Juries in day four right now. Actually, it was like 11 days of testimony or 12 days of testimony. Juries in day four. So I think we're at day 16 of the whole trial. So it was like almost two weeks of testimony. The, uh, but the jury is not coming back the way the prosecution wanted. They're not coming back with this quick verdict. Now, Panchuto makes an interesting point. Very possible Manafort gets a hung jury in mistrial. Well, here's the thing. A lot of people are rushing to that assumption, but I've sat through trials, right? I was a witness as a cop. It seems that way. However, however, let's be careful. Could also be because the jury's being very thorough and deliberate in their deliberations. So they're called, right? So they're supposed to be deliberate. And it could be that they're literally going page by page and thoroughly line by line through every document provided by the prosecution to every witness statement, to the transcripts of the witness testimony. That's one possibility. The other possibility is you got a juror or two who just hates Mueller's guts. Who doesn't believe Rick Gates? Who thinks Manafort is the victim of political persecution? Or, or you could have 11 jurors that want to acquit Manafort and one who hates Manafort's guts and loves Hillary Clinton and, and, and hates Donald Trump. We really don't know is my point. We really don't know. Now, I will say this. 
experience-wise. Having been that cop who testified before juries, grand juries, juries, pretrial hearings, been through the process. I, I, I think, I feel, experience tells me it bodes better for the defense, for Manafort, than for the prosecution, that on Friday, jurors came, it was late, late Thursday, early Friday, jurors asked the judge to clarify the meaning of beyond a reasonable doubt. Again, I say this with the caveat that we don't know, but it seems to me, seem, check nationalist, how are you, man? Thanks for coming back today. It seems to me that that bodes better for the defense than it does for the prosecution. You also got to remember, they're hearing 18 counts against Manafort. The government has a prosecution rate on these crimes of like 98.9%. And so a lot of stars would have to align for them to acquit Manafort fully. I don't think that's going to happen. Look, anything can happen, but I don't think it gets acquitted fully. Government presented a lot of evidence on 18 counts. Hung jury, bunch of stars have to align unfortunately for Manafort, or if he's guilty, fortunately for the government, it seems the math works in favor of them finding him guilty on something in these 18 counts. But then again, there might be one juror that just feels this deck was stacked from the beginning and they're going to hold out no matter what and hang the jury. It's not an acquittal. The government can re-prosecute. They may very well do that. They probably will. Or the president could step in at that point and say, I'm pardoning Manafort on everything. This is a nonsense. It's a waste of taxpayer money. Mueller, you didn't prove your case. It's over. Go away. Go away. Now, Ouroboros says Mueller is nothing. He's peddling process crimes. I agree. Trying to get Trump on perjury. I agree. <clears throat> I agree with you 100%. I think Mueller... We're talk that's a different issue. We agree 100%. I'm talking about the Manafort jury. Let's go back to that. It's a good point. I believe Mueller is nothing, nothing. And that's exactly why he jammed up General Flynn, who's a friend of mine, full disclosure. Got to know the general. He's a wonderful man. His son, Mike Jr., has become a very good friend of mine. We speak all the time. I have dinner when I'm in D.C. He's a good people. He's a really good people, the Flynn's. What was done to the general is a disgrace. And every time I speak to General Flynn, he never once talks about himself. <clears throat> He's never complained. He's never played the victim. The only thing General Flynn has ever said to me about the case, I don't ask him about the case. I don't overstep. It's an open case. I don't go there. It's how are you, General? How you doing? How's the family? How's everything? We talk about the state of the country. And all he ever says is, I just hate what this is doing to the nation. All he ever says. That's it. It's all he cares about. He doesn't care about himself. He cares about his family and what this Mueller investigation, this witch hunt, is doing to the nation. He's a good guy. He's a really good guy. And uh, Mueller, I, I think, now has really, unless you're a far, far left partisan, goodwill is against him. Goodwill of the American people is against him. Now, back to Manafort. So did Manafort do these things? I don't know. There's a lot of evidence. But what also might work in his favor is that the government looked at Manafort's case several times over the last 12 years 
and decided there was nothing to prosecute. You don't think that's going to weigh on the minds of the jury? The jury's going to say, wait a second, wait a second. The DOJ and the FBI, including when you were director of the FBI, Robert Mueller, knew about all this and did nothing about it. Now you get appointed. Now you get appointed to do what a lot of people feel is take down Trump. And all of a sudden, 10 years later, now these are prosecutable crimes. You didn't go after him when you were director of the FBI, but now you're going after Manafort. I'll tell you this. If I were sitting on that jury, that would put doubt in my mind. That would put a lot of doubt in my mind. I don't know if I'd be able to weigh the evidence against that doubt. You know, I mean, that creates a lot of doubt. A lot, a lot of doubt. So here, uh, in fact, I don't have a Triumph now. I used to have one. I don't have a Triumph. I got rid of all my bikes. I had a Triumph, I had a Harley, I had a BMW. And my friends I was riding with stopped riding. I wasn't riding. So I'm looking for a new bike. Looking at those three brands again. Don't know which one I'm going to go for. Always had bikes. A couple of years I've been without one. I, I really missed it. So uh, you never know. I might be on a Triumph again or a BMW or a Harley. I don't know, but I'll let you know when I know. But uh, <laughs> let's see what Zach is saying. Zach is one of my favorites. He comes on here. He's young. He's in school. He gets beaten up for being a conservative, but he fights the good fight there in Australia. Funny story. My school had a student leader come up and talk today in an assembly, and she went up and discussed the one in five rape stat, the wage gap, and the rest of the rape culture issues. And I'm guessing you push back on her, Zach, and the liberals lost their minds on you. Yeah, I'm guessing that's what happened, my friend. Well, anyway, back to Manafort. Then we'll go to your uh, questions, comments, your questions, your comments, your show ideas. <laughs> Listen, it's uh, it, 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 I, I would not be shocked. I'll tell you, if this was any other defendant, two courtrooms, two different districts, 25 counts, I'd say he's toast. He's done. Now, I will say this. He's not going to get the fair shake in Judge Amy Bur Berkman Jack Jackson's courtroom uh, in D.C. that he's going to get in Virginia. He's certainly not going to get that fair shake. It's not going to happen. All right? At all. He's not. Judge Ellis is much more fair. Let's talk about the judge. Let's talk about what CNN wanted to do. CNN went nuts because they couldn't get the names of the jurors made public. The judge was receiving death threats. Now, why would CNN want to do that? Why would they want to do that? Well, I'm not going to ready to make the leap and say that CNN wanted to see jurors intimidated. All right. But a little weird for CNN to want the names of jurors in the middle of deliberations during an ongoing trial. It's a little odd. The judge said no. The judge is under his own U.S. Marshal Service protective detail. Now that happens. That typically happens in drug cartel cases or organized crime cases or terror cases when the judge is at risk. Not non-violent 12-year-old tax evasion cases with a guy who's got no ties. I mean, it's not like Manafort was laundering money for the Sinaloa cartel. All right, this is a guy who 
like to buy expensive ostrich skin Gucci jackets. I mean, he's hardly a thug. You know what I mean? So sequestration of the jury wouldn't have typically been necessary. CNN wanted their names. Why? Mona Montgomery says Manafort is in solitary confinement. Yeah, because he tried, they claimed to tamper with witnesses. But that was from the D.C. Judge Jackson. She put him in solitary. She is a very public far-left partisan. He's screwed in her courtroom. He is absolutely screwed in her courtroom. So in many respects, it's good this trial happened first. Because if this is a hung jury or long, long shot in acquittal, I don't think that's going to happen, a hung jury, president might just step in and say he's never going to get a fair shake in that courtroom and pardon him. Now, I don't think Trump is going to pardon him before the midterms. I think that would raise too much of a political fight. It would be actually politically uh, imprudent, really politically stupid for Trump to pardon him before the midterms. It's a fight you don't want. <clears throat> it's a fight you don't want. But uh, I think uh, I, I think that if he's if there's a hung jury on this, on this one, pardon becomes much more likely, much more likely. Observer dude donated five pounds. Thanks, observer dude. Do I think there's any truth to the gender pay gap? Even if it's true, it's a pay gap between how many genders? Men and women, so there's two genders. To your second point, yeah, there are two genders. Do I think there's a gender pay gap? Honestly, I do. I know that's not the popular conservative opinion. I know it's not. But I think in many companies, there is. It still exists. Is it getting better? Yes. But is there? Yeah, I see it in, in uh, a lot of industries I've worked in. I do see that that a guy with the same resume as a woman coming in does tend to command a little more money. All right. It's not this massive widespread problem. I don't think it requires activism, but there's a lot of reasons for that. And it could very well be that men just, I'm going to get flamed for this, negotiate harder. A guy comes in and he says, nope, you want to offer me that? I'm not taking it. I'm here. I'm on my fourth interview. I'm valuable to you. I know it. You know it. <clears throat> he gets in the face and he says, this is what I want. I'm sticking to this number. Somebody out there is willing to pay me. I, that's what I, I, I've seen. So do I think there's a gap? I do. Do I think it's because of innate bigotry and bias? No. In my experience, men have pushed much harder for the money. Although I've seen some women who are sharks who have pushed very hard for money as well. But I'm talking about across the board, my experience, I've watched guys come in and harass companies for that money. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It's situational though. I had a salesperson when I was in the private sector who worked for us, uh, a woman who was relentless. She made a lot of money. She was relentless. So it's unique to the individual as well. It's, uh, uh, it, it's um, you know, but somebody made a good point. Sound mixer said the pay gap mostly exists in Hollywood. Yeah, the most liberal, liberal Hollywood. They're the ones screwing women out of money the most, right? But uh, I think there are a lot of factors. None of these things exist in this abstract vacuum of, yeah, there's a pay gap. Yeah, no, you got to look at each micro situation. Let's go to some of your comments here. All right, we need a special counsel when this fake investigation ends. I don't care about Mueller and Uranium One, and I'll tell you why. If 
Obama, the president at the time, sent him over there. Then he sent him over there. Old news. We're never going to win that. Nobody cares about Uranium One anymore. Maybe they should. They don't. They don't. It's old news. Not going to waste political and prosecutorial capital on that. Mueller needs to be investigated for what he's doing today. For this witch hunt today. Can't go back to 2010, 2011. The public will roll their eyes, be infuriated, and it'll cost Trump his second term. That's what'll happen. That's what'll happen. So you got to go to what's going on today. And what's going on today, I knew my pay gap speculation. I knew my pay gap uh, comments would drive people nuts. But look, it is what it is. You also got to remember something. And again, you might flame me for this. I do a TV show in the afternoon. And uh, I get, we, we take live callers much like this. And I hear comments from all sides. And we talked about this issue. And if you're an employer and you've got a male employee and a female employee and the female employee says, yeah, I'm planning on having a family. You're going to lose me for two months. Are you going to be willing to pay her as much as the male employee? It's not an affront to women, but if I'm going to lose a key executive for two months while she has a baby, is she entitled to the same amount of money as the male employee who I'm not going to lose for two months? To me, that's just a free market. That's just capitalism. I don't know. Now, I know the liberals are, oh, it's terrible, it's terrible, it's terrible. It's sexist, it's sexist, it's misogynistic. Is it? I'm losing two months of productivity. I'm losing two months of customer service. I'm losing two months of client relations. I'm losing two months of sales. So would it be inconceivable for an employer to take that into account when deciding salary? I'm saying there's a lot of factors that are unpopular to discuss, but a lot of factors that go into these decisions. Now, DJ Foster makes a good point. Problem there is if women didn't have children, where would future workers come from? Great point. Really good point. Excellent point. Like I said, a lot of debate on this issue. But I do think from personal experience, and I'm stepping into a hornet's nest here, I know it. I've just watched men push harder for the money to get that extra extra, uh, couple of bucks out of a potential employer. Check nationalist. Thank you very much. Let's see what else we got. What else do we, what have we got here? Wow. A lot of comments, lot of comments, lot on Mueller, <clears throat> lot on Mueller, lot on uh, capitalism is racist. Somebody said with a smiley face, have you guys seen those images of what things cost in Venezuela? like a billion Venezuelan, whatever they're called, for a chicken. I mean, it is insane. It is insane. Let's see. Wow, I really started. I really started up a hornet's nest with that gender pay gap stuff, huh? Wooey. People are not going to be happy with Cardillo today. They are not. Hmm. Sean Wigfield, I'm not Ezra. <laughs> so Ezra pronounces his name Levant. I am not Ezra, though. So I'm um, John Cardillo. Ezra is uh, the founder of the Rebels, CEO. 
He's got another show here on YouTube. We both wear glasses, though. We both have dark hair. So, yeah, uh, Eldorado says, we don't like liberal talking points. L-M-A-O, neither do I. <clears throat> Preston Canning is wrong, saying everything the mainstream media is telling you about Venezuela is a lie. The U.S. wants to go in there for the oil. That's absolutely wrong. I'm in South Florida. I have a lot of Venezuelan friends. Their families were well off. They were doing very well. I had one friend, his family was doing incredibly well. Parents had to now come here and live with him. They lost everything. They worked 40 years. They were very successful. Financial professionals had a very successful import-export business. They lost everything. Venezuela is hell right now. Your comment is absolutely, absolutely wrong. Animals are suffering. People are eating their pets. It is a terrible, terrible situation. Hugo Chavez's daughter, though, is a billionaire. She's the wealthiest woman in Venezuela because they pillaged the oil resources. Pillaged it. Venezuela is a mess. Look, Trump isn't trying to nation build. I think Venezuela is one place we should send in troops, stabilize the situation, and take the oil. Yeah. Jean Marie says, we love you. You can have your own ideas. Well, thank you, Jean Marie. Hey, look, I'm just trying to make it in your world. I'm just a squirrel looking for a nut. <laughs> Listen, everybody should be able to have their own ideas without, without being uh, jammed up. Robert Muldoon says, I'm a liar. Venezuela is a CIA operation created by the U.S. for the oil. Well, that's just silly since the U.S. is going to be the largest net exporter of oil by 2023, using our own resources. We're not even going after Venezuela's oil. We don't even have troops in Venezuela. <clears throat> you guys got to stop listening to loony conspiracy theorists. Don't listen to them. They lie to you. By the way, Q is about to be outed and debunked. Somebody I know, somebody you all follow on Twitter, I won't say who, good friend of mine, somebody you like, tells me they have Q's identity and it's all a scam. All right, Oberos, no. Some good comments from Oberos today. They know what they're talking about. They're doing the homework. Strock doctored the 302s, committed perjury, said he had no input on the FISA request. He conspired to corruptly influence FISA court judge Contreras, obstructed Hillary investigation. Let me say this. We don't have proof of any of that but I strongly suspect you're correct about much, if not all of it. I really strongly suspect you're correct. In fact, we know that the inspector general is running an investigation as to whether or not he doctored those 302s. I believe they gave a little snippet of what they had over to Christopher Ray and Dave Bowditch, Bowditch, the new number two at the FBI. <clears throat> and that's what led to Strzok's firing. I don't believe it was solely about the text messages. Wow, everybody believes these conspiracies that Venezuela is a beautiful country in great shape. Yeah, no, no, it's really not. Captain Smirk, but we did run in security clearance. It should have been pulled. General, uh, It's not General Raven, it's Admiral McRaven. Look, he's entitled to his opinion. He's an American hero. I really disagree with him. Admiral McRaven's an Obama guy. He's a friend of Brennan. I totally disagree with him. And the other ones, if they want their clearances pulled, it's on them. Brennan's a bad, bad guy, a partisan political hack. He's a bad guy. He was terrible at CIA. Q 
is fake. My friend is not a rhino. In fact, when you all see who is debunking Q, it's somebody you are all a very big fan of. Somebody you all follow and trust. You're going to be very surprised. You are going to be very, very surprised when you see who's debunking this guy. Trust me when I tell you. You're going to be very, very surprised. Something else that happened. I don't know if you saw this, but <clears throat> Donald Trump <clears throat> and uh, uh, Ambassador Rick Rinell, our ambassador to Germany. Rick uh, happens to be a, a good friend of mine. Really, really good guy. He's openly gay, Rick. He's the uh, highest ranking gay official in the U.S. government. Well, they debunked every narrative of the left. Donald Trump and Rick Grinnell together worked to have a Nazi war criminal, a guard at concentration camps, deported to Germany for prosecution. And the best part was there were federal agents of color doing the apprehension and escort. So Donald Trump, a guy called a racist anti-gay Nazi, Donald Trump and his openly gay ambassador to Germany had a Nazi deported to be criminally prosecuted and use federal agents of color to grab the guy up and put him on the plane thereby debunking every left-wing attack line on Donald Trump. It's really glorious. It's absolutely glorious. The left can't get out of their own way. The left cannot get out of their own way. Yeah, there are a lot of people here that, uh, a lot of people here are believing what I'm saying about Venezuela. Look, all you got to do is come down to South Florida, talk to some people. Situation is bad is bad. I'm meeting the people that come back over or are lucky enough to be able to get out of Venezuela and come here because they had some money in the States with their relatives. It is dire. You are watching a country. Venezuela was prosperous. It was rich. When I first moved down to South Florida in 2004, Venezuelans coming over here were loaded. They were buying Ferraris by the pair, a hard top and a convertible. What has happened in Venezuela is is just devastating. And everybody, everybody should learn a lesson from it in terms of socialism. Everybody. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, Gus Racine's talking about Julian Assange and Seth Rich being the DNC leak. I believe Seth Rich was the DNC leak. I believe there's evidence that he might've been killed for it. I don't believe it was an orchestrated conspiracy of federal agents killing Seth Rich. Now, nah, I think it was something much more common in crime. Another staffer might have uh, been upset that he did it. They got into a fight and Rich got shot. It, it, let me tell you, professional assassins don't leave a trail like this, okay? All right, I arrested murderers. They don't leave a trail like this. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be much more, uh, if that murder is ever solved, it's going to be much less conspiratorial, intriguing, and exciting. It's going to be more of a, uh, more of a, you know, a, just a heated argument gone wrong. And that's really how a lot of murders go down. People are asking me what are on the planes from Little Rock. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. Uh, the Clintons? <laughs> People the Clintons don't want to talk? I don't know. <clears throat> Yeah, either this Q thing has really gotten uh, has really gotten ridiculous, really, really gotten silly. And I'm so glad 
that reputable conservatives are now finally moving to debunk this stupidity, this idiocy. It really, it really did a tremendous, tremendous disservice to everything we were trying to do to get the truth out there. It really did. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've always uh, despised these conspiracy theories and I've been flamed for it. As a conservative media guy, I've been told, oh, you're blue-pilled and you're not woke and you're this and oh my God, you're a rhino, you're a shill. You're a shill of the establishment. You're owned by the Rothschilds and Bilderberg. And, give me a break. Give me a break. I follow the evidentiary trail. I follow the facts. I don't, some random anonymous thing pops up on the internet. No, I don't read it as, as <clears throat> fact. All right. I want evidence. I want hard facts and evidence. Hard facts. Sean Wingfield says something that's very true. Socialist governments, despite how they present themselves, are always dictatorships. Yeah, they are, right? Because they control the means of, pro of production, even if partially. They control your health care. They control your media. When they can ration things, they can control things. When they can censor things, they can control things. Oh, God. The planes from DOJ going a little wrong. Give me a break. Planes from DOJ. How do they know they're planes from DOJ? The Department of Justice doesn't have a runway out front. You guys got to start doing a little homework on this stuff. There are, are issues that happen around the country. If a plane is registered to the Department of Justice and it lands in Little Rock, Arkansas, it doesn't mean that they're going to get high docks for the Clintons. No, no. It could simply mean that, that, a, that a DOJ prosecutor was needed on a drug case down there or on a bank robbery case down there. You guys got to stop believing the conspiracy theory. The Clintons haven't lived in Little Rock, Arkansas for decades. They don't even have any ties there anymore. Like they, they got out of there the minute they hit the White House in 93. Yeah, I mean, Sean Wingfield goes to those DOJ planes also chemtrailing. Dude, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are, there are major drug cases out. That's why there are not 40,000 sealed indictments about that Mueller is going to drop on him. No, many of those things aren't even, aren't even indictments. One day I'll teach you guys how to use PACER, which is the federal court system search. Those of us who have worked in investigations, who understand how all that stuff works, we laugh at this. We laugh at this. Many of those things are like sealed transcripts and drug cases. They don't even know what they're looking at. It's kind of sad, actually. It's kind of sad. It really is. 40,000 sealed indictments. And you would think by listening to these people, that there's no other crime in the U.S. There's no other crime. 40,000 seals. It's so stupid. Nobody even thinks that maybe some of those crimes are drug cases, anti-terror cases, other federal crimes, white collar cases, uh, uh, weapons trafficking cases, La Cosa Nostra, biker gangs, Asian gang. I mean, it, we have other federal crime. So if there are 40,000 sealed anything on the federal docket, it's because we're prosecuting other crimes. I mean, Nobody thinks to like look past one conspiracy theory on the web. None. Let's see. 
Cobra Commander, yeah, the 40,000 sealed indictments are ridiculous. Look, I looked into that. Many of those things aren't even indictments. They're just filings with the court under seal. Testimony of maybe things like an undercover agent testifies. That's under seal. Or a protected witness testifies. The filing is under seal. People don't know what they're looking at. That's why I laugh at this Q nonsense. The, the, the morons behind that account don't even understand how it all works. They don't understand. It's just, it's just silly. So silly. Like really, really ridiculous. Let's see. <laughs> Why would two government airliners, well, how do you know they're airliners and not little Learjets? I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. Do your own homework. Do your own homework. A tail number on a jet can tell you what kind of jet it is. You could go and type in the end number on the back of the jet. It'll tell you what it's probably a little citation or a Lear or a smaller Gulfstream. One of those. Let's see. Uh, yeah, 4chan fun and games. Exactly. Let's see what else. What do I, what do you think? What do you think about what, about what? Uh, Gitmo Holiday says, we still don't know what foreign state Senator Gomert, well, Louis Gomert's not a senator. He's a, rep he's a House member. He's a representative. So Representative Gomert referred to in the stroke hearing, <clears throat> pointing at 30,000 HRC, uh, oh, which foreign actors you're saying compromised Hillary's private email? Probably many, probably Russia, China, Iran, a whole bunch. Uh, Sean Wingfield says, I know you don't talk about Tommy, but could you give us some insight on what Solitary does to him? I don't, uh, I don't uh, uh, not talk about Tommy Robinson only because Ezra's doing a really great job with it. He has far more info than I do on it, real-time info. He's very friendly with Tommy. They speak. Look, it depends on the person with, with, with solitary confinement. I had a couple of defendants that were placed there. Some people are real tough. They handle it well. Others, it breaks them. It really depends on the individual, you know? I don't know. Let's see. Preston Canning says, I really like the rebel. When I hear you talk, it kind of frustrates me with the nonsense I'm spewing. Well, if you like conspiracy theories without any truth behind them or facts to back them up, then yeah, I'm going to frustrate them up. Then yeah, I'm going to frustrate you. You're not going to like me. You're probably not going to want to watch me. You're probably not. <laughs> Douglas Gillespie says, Trump is spelled wrong on my shirt. Yeah, I spell it like uh, Al Sharpton spells respect. Did you guys see this? Al Sharpton was trying to uh, make fun of Trump, saying he should respect Omarosa. And Al Sharpton, you know, tying in Aretha Franklin and her death. And Al Sharpton spelt respect, R-E-S-P-I-C-T, on MSNBC. <laughs> guys, you're asking me for news on Infowars. I have no idea. I don't watch Alex Jones. I, I, listen, I will vehemently defend Alex Jones's right to speak and to spew his nonsense. But I don't watch him. I don't watch him after his Sandy Hook and 9-11 conspiracy theories. I don't pay attention to the guy. I lost friends in 9-11. I don't listen to anybody who comes up with that. Alex Jones has spewed too much nonsense over the years for a buck. I'm not a fan. So I, I, he's, you know, as far as I know, they've still got him banned. I would fight night and day, night and day to have his accounts restored. Because I believe in free speech, night and day. That said... I just don't pay the guy any attention. 
Uh, does the new satanic statue at the Little Rack Capitol deserve to be there more than the previous Ten Commandments monument that the Arkansas Satanist destroyed adversary American? Says, no, look, neither one does or both do. Problem is that Satanism is a recognized religion. We can debate all day whether it should be or not, but it is, and it does have First Amendment protections. All right? And if you claim to be a civil libertarian, then you got to take the reprehensible with the good. Now, that statue is disturbing and it's chilling and it's reprehensible and I don't like it. But they are invoking First Amendment protections and they've got them as reprehensible as it may be. As reprehensible as it may be. Preston Canning, MS-13, Bloods, Crips, there's other gangs and just motorcycles. Well, yeah, of course there are. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, nobody's denying that. There, there are hundreds of them. The gangster disciples in Chicago, the Latin Kings, the anti, I mean, we can go all day long with this. I, you know, I was just making a point. Let's see what else we got here. Um, where are the feminists? I don't know. Hopefully being quiet. Is Aretha Franklin dead? You never wore a disc? No, Aretha Franklin was the queen of soul. Yes, she passed away, 76 years old. She, Aretha Franklin wasn't disco. My God, that's blasphemy. No, 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 no. Noy Tank says music on the radio is brainwashing. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Captain Smirk says, any uh, <clears throat> thoughts about the 17-year-old who showed electronic ballot boxes recently hacked? Kid was actually 11. There were 17 competitors. Um, yeah, I'm not too worried about that. The environment they claim mirrored Florida when you dig into it really didn't mirror Florida's uh, electronic voting environment. There were significant differences. So I'm not too worried that this is going to impact anything. Cobra Commander says Satanism has never been recognized nor hasn't ever been tax exempt. That's absolutely untrue. In fact, if you go to the Department of Defense guidelines on burials, they recognize Satanism as a religion and a service member who practices Satanism is entitled to be buried in accordance with their guidelines. So you're factually, uh, sorry, Cobra, you're dead wrong on that one. It actually is recognized. Uh, whether it should be or not, whole nother debate, but it is, but it is. Adversary Americans says you make a great point. Satanists ironically call it a separation between church and state. Though the church of Satan is a religion by definition. Well, exactly. Exactly. There should be removed as well. Exactly. It should be out of there. Mm. Sound mixer says the devil is evil and everything to do with him is evil. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the understatement of the year, sound mixer. Yeah. <clears throat> Are they... <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, 2020. Yes, are the Hell's Angels a religion? To them, they are. Oh, Preston Canning says, I'm a transparent puppet for the left man. It's obvious. Yes, you got my number. I'm a big lefty. I'm a big lefty. I'm going to be out of here in about nine minutes. I got to go have a late breakfast with my Uncle George Soros. Uncle George is going to take me to Bilderberg. What are you talking about? Please. Come on. This nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a uh, I'm a um, a shill for the left. Uh, let me check something because I'm uh, I'm a shill for the left. 
I can't believe it. Uh, and the um, Church of Satan, you guys keep saying they're not tax exempt, and I keep telling you you're wrong. So here, I'm putting up a link for you that shows that the IRS did, in fact, grant them tax-exempt status. It's right there. I just posted it. They're a recognized religion with tax-exempt status. Reprehensible, chilling, but First Amendment protected. So there you go, Cobra Commander. They are tax-exempt. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I'm a show for the left. This is awesome. I didn't know that. I did not know that. I did not get my check from Uncle George Soros. Hillary hasn't paid me. Can't believe it. But listen, I, I want to bring you guys, my goal is to bring you guys facts and data and stats. I don't, I'm not going to deal with conspiracy theories. I just don't deal with that stuff. I, I never have. I never will. It's not my thing. I, uh, yeah, they're, they're fun and they're, you know, I get it. They're sensational. I keep dropping my pen. My pen does not want to stay in my hand today. It's really annoying. You guys have me so fired up with all this stuff. All right, UFOs. Do more shows about UFOs. I might just do that. Do you see we have a candidate? We have a candidate for Congress down here in Florida's 27th Congressional District on the Republican side. So the Republican primary uh, primaries in Florida are, are Tuesday, a week from today, right? And we have a, a candidate here running as a Republican replacing Ileana Ross Layton, a Republican congresswoman down in Miami. And let me see if I can find this. It's really funny. Uh, this particular woman who was endorsed by the Miami Herald, I'm going to read you her story right now. Miami Herald endorsed her. Her name is Bettina Rodriguez Aguilera. Now, I know a lot of people who are backing her because she has some conservative positions. Well, she claims aliens took her aboard a spaceship. She really does. Here's her quote. Quote, I went in. There was some round seats that were there and some quartz rocks that control the ship. Not like airplanes. She said she was visited by three large blonde beings. Yeah. So we have a bona fide congressional candidate. She's probably going to win the GOP nomination for Congress in, in uh, Florida's 27th congressional district. And she believes she was abducted by aliens. Uh, let's see. The Church of Satan sponsored that club, Cobra Commander. The Church of Satan also put out a statement that they were granted tax-exempt status, but rejected it because they didn't want the entanglements that come with being a 501c3. You got to do your research on this. Do your research on this. All right. Oh, Magpie, I don't, I don't uh, change who I am. Alistair asked me what I eat for breakfast. Yeah, it depends. It depends. <laughs> Mr. Dambit says I'm one chill shill. Listen, I might do. Ty White says big fan of the channel. Thanks, man. Doug Gillespie says she was a... <laughs> So this candidate, Bettina, whatever her name is, says she was visited by large blonde beings. And uh, who said that? Because I want to give proper credit. Doug Gillespie said she was abducted by Fabio. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. That is actually pretty funny. Uh, Shooter the Fox says, a question that relates to the Satanism thing is Islam recognized in the same way. Yeah, Islam is a religion in the U.S., legitimate religion. But uh, I suggest you guys look into the church Satan it, it, it's, it, and the way the government has treated them. They've been treated as a religion. Now, whether or not they have given up their tax-exempt status is on them. Because a lot of bells and whistles, a lot of strings come with 501c3 tax-exempt status. But uh, they, were, they were offered it and they rejected it. They, the government sees them as a church. No, she, you know, I, I, this woman says she was uh, visited by three blonde beings. I think she was abducted by Hanson, that group from the 80s. All right. <laughs> All right, guys, this hour flew by. It flew by, a lot of fun. I will be back here with you tomorrow morning, 7.30 a.m. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see you guys tomorrow.